Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are, for the way that you love us, for the way that, that uh, you speak to us uh, in those quiet moments, Lord. Speak to our hearts. And Lord, I just ask that you would open up our hearts to you this morning. God, that we'd be able to really have soft hearts before you and the word of God would come in and change us, transform us. It would just be that, that time where the Holy Spirit can really come and fill us with joy, fill us with insight and the motivation, Lord, to love you, to love on others. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen. So, uh, you've been hearing about Alpha now for a few weeks. I think we've, this is the third week in a row we're kind of saying, you know, sign up for the Alpha course, sign up for the Alpha course. And I see people after service as we have the Alpha booth right outside. They kind of look tiptoeing around it. They kind of walk in a little circle, half circle around us. They don't, they're not quite sure what it is. And so we're there kind of, hey guys, sign up. This is what it's all about. But let me break it down for you real good, okay? It's real simple. Alpha is like the beginning, the first thing. So this is an intro course to the Christian faith. And so you uh, take a look at, at the brochure. It's in your bulletin. If you want to pull it out right now, just take a quick look at it and it says, what is the Alpha Course? And it goes on to say it's a series of eight sessions. So sometimes it's 10 sessions, sometimes a little bit more. We're making it real easy, eight weeks, eight sessions. And it provides an opportunity for anyone, that's a big word, anyone to explore the Christian faith. It's relaxed, low-key, friendly, and fun. It's a course supported by all main Christian denominations. So my wife, Vanessa, and I, we went through the course when we were studying in England. And when we were there, we were blown away by it. We're like, wow, this is amazing. You know, the church that we were going to up there, they did it. And we saw people get saved. Like, they actually came into a relationship with Jesus from kind of being so against it at first. And then the, by the time we were done with the course, they were like a family and they loved God. It was amazing. So we said, we're going to try this out when we get back home to Hawaii. So when we got home to Hawaii, we ran the course three times at our other church. And it was the same thing. People just come to know the Lord on it. You know why? Because it's an opportunity. It's safe. It's fun. They can come and ask any kind of questions. Nobody's trying to ram religion or ram God down their throats. It's just a really cool place to come and you hear the DVD talks, you have dinner together, break up into small groups, and they're free to ask anything. And we're not trying to be like, you've got to receive Jesus right now. We're just encouraging them to keep going, keep going. And by the time they're done, wow, it's amazing. So uh, we're starting it here, and it's going to happen April 22nd. So that's this Wednesday. Justin and Mirasol. They have this beautiful home in Aina Haina. It's right on the beach. And they've opened it up for the Alpha Course. And we're going to be there from 6.30 to 8.30. And what I'd like you to do is just consider, prayerfully consider, this is an invitation. Is there one person that you could invite along on the course? Now some of you might be in small groups and be like, well, I've got to do that, right? We have a family and that's important too. And it is. So I would say maybe you can say, I'm going to take a break just for eight weeks, two months. And uh, on a Wednesday night, I'm going to take a break from my small group and go to this. Okay, and it's worth just bringing a friend. So who has God put on your heart? Is there anybody that he wants you to give this to? If not give this to, like I'm texting all my buddies. And they're going, I'm thinking, oh, they're probably laughing. Ha ha, Max, no way. I'm not going to go to this Christian thing with you. And uh, I just say, 
Hey, it's Max again, bugging you with another Christian thing. Oh, would you like to come along on this Wednesday night thing? It's so much fun. Promise, I promise you, you're going to love it. You can bring your kids. We have child care. And uh, believe it or not, they're like, I'll think about it. And a couple of them said, I'll come. I'm like, woo So think about inviting someone. Uh, you will grow from it too. You will just love it. So um, today is our last day before we start on Wednesday night. And uh, we have some more of these at the Alpha table. So if you say you have five friends, ten friends, uh, pick up as many as you need. And if you have any questions, we're going to have some people out there after service. So please ask them. Well, Today we're going to be kind of giving another message along the lines of what happened last week. Chris was talking all about owning it, wearing it, and sharing it, right? Just giving Jesus away. But first we have to really have him in us and working through us. And so today we're going to be talking a little bit about loving the lost. And I always think it's so important to get the first things first. You know, like Alpha, you get the first things. If you kind of really get it, then you will be willing to share it. And so... I love to think about the heart of God. Just like when you have a friend, my wife and I went out on a date last night. She said, what's the most important thing that you value in friendship? And for me, it was trust. Like, you can trust this person. Same thing, probably a lot of us would answer the same thing. If I know somebody's heart, I'll be willing to hang out, follow them, and just, it makes a big difference. If I can't get their heart, can't trust them, Probably won't be spending much time with them, right? And so, same thing with God. I think we have to say, what is God's heart like? Is he for us? What is it really like? And then once we know his heart, it really changes us and transforms us. But let me ask you this question to start with. How many of you have ever lost your wallet? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you lost more than one wallet? I'm just curious. Oh, man, okay. And then, how many of you lost a cell phone? Anybody? Yeah, that's kind of a common thing. I'm just thinking about things I lost. I lose hats and sunglasses continually. I, I, I'm, I must have lost 100 pairs of each, okay? Um, well, what about for you guys, or maybe for the girls? How many of you have lost your wedding ring? Oh, right? Okay. I heard this story. Now, my daughter, Sky, she's eight. She reads this weird but true. Do you guys ever read that? Do the kids have that book? It's really interesting, all kind of kooky facts. So this lady, she was gardening. She lost her wedding ring. And I don't know how much longer, but guess where it came up? On a carrot. <laughs> Is that crazy? That's so funny. Weird but true. So, uh, and then there's this wedding ring. So... This wedding ring, uh, we got married in 2003, and it was about a week after we had gotten married. And we were, you know, just newlyweds, so in love, and my fingers were a little skinnier than they are now. So I, you know, I jumped in the water, and I was windsurfing, and I, before I jumped in the water, I, you know, put sunscreen on my face, and guess what that made my hand, right? Really slippery. And I'm thinking, oh no, I'm bobbing there in the ocean going, I'm going to lose this ring, I can't lose it. So I had the bright idea, I was going to take it off and put it on my right hand because your right hand's a little bit bigger, your dominant hand. Smart idea, right? In the ocean. So, and I dropped it. And it just made that sound. Bloom. <laughs> and I'll never forget that sound. And I'm sitting there and it took me like a couple seconds to realize, did I just drop my ring in the ocean? 
And so I dove down, and I, it must have been 10, 12 feet. I come up, took a breath, went down again, couldn't find it, came up again for a breath, went down the third time, and I'm sticking my hands in any kind of hole, and I don't care about the eels or anything. And I'm like, and all of a sudden, I found it. It was just right there. And I just could feel it. I couldn't even see it. I just felt it. Is that amazing? You know, with the current and everything. And I come up and I'm literally, yeah! So that was really, really an amazing story of God's grace, right? And today I'm going to be talking about God's heart. God's heart for the lost. He has such a great heart for the lost. And he loves for us to gain his heart. So if you have a Bible... Let's open it up to Luke chapter 15. We're going to be going over the three different parables that Jesus told, communicating God's heart. Jesus wants you to get it. He wants his readers, he wanted his audience to get the heart of the Father. Luke chapter 15, it'll be up here on the screen. So to give you a little context, and this is so important, any Bible story that you read that you understand the context because it has a big effect on why the stories that are told are told. Okay, Luke 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So this is the context. You know, Jesus was hanging out with the low lowlifes, the scumbags, the t- prostitutes, tax collectors, sinners. And this is the lowest of the low of society. Nobody wanted to hang out with them. Jesus loved to hang out with them. They loved hanging out with Jesus. And there was another group there, right? It says the Pharisees and the teachers of the law was there. So if you can imagine Jesus hanging out with the, the uh, low lowlifes and then on the outside, but within range that they could hear, the Pharisees, teachers of the law, the holy people, uh, were there and they're saying, this man welcomes sinners. He's eating with them. You're not supposed to eat with them. No holy man would ever do that. This guy claims to be a rabbi, some kind of a prophet or something. We're not sure, but what is he doing? So Jesus begins speaking, not just to the misfits, but also to those on the outside. And Jesus knows what they're saying, and he responds. He teaches them three different parables about God's heart for the lost. The first one, verse 3. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep. And loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me! I found my lost sheep! I, will t- I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Second parable. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then Jesus tells the final parable says Jesus continued there was a man who had two sons the younger son 
The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set out for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to citizens of the country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up, went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. This is a portion of the story a lot of times isn't told, but I think it's so important. Verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, What's going on? Your brother has come. He replied, and your father has killed a fattened calf because he has him back, safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never, even, you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. That's Luke chapter 15. And you know, the story of the prodigal son is my favorite story in all of Scripture. Um, I just, it just really impacts me every time I read that story. And so you can imagine the scene as Jesus is preaching, as he's teaching this group. Remember the inner circle of the sinners and then you got the outer circle of the Pharisees listening in. And Jesus is telling it and rocking their minds. He is blowing the lid off their minds, especially the Pharisees, right? He's breaking their understanding of what God is like. What is God's heart like? He's showing that God has a heart for the lost. The Father has a heart for his lost children. And if you go back to the three stories, right? You have the first one with the hundred sheep. And what does the shepherd do? One of the sheep runs off 
and the shepherd goes after the one. Leaves the 99 open for the wolf to come, but he doesn't care. He says, I'm out of here. I'm going for the one. And when he finds it, he's like, yeah, let's have a party to all my friends. Let's rejoice. Second story is the same thing, right? The woman, she has 10 coins. She loses just one, one of them. She sweeps the whole house. She rearranges her furniture. She's spending the whole day and she finds it. And she's like, yeah, let's call everybody up. I found this. Let's have a party. And then he goes to that third story of the lost son. And when the son is found, right, you see that same thing. The father, he had compassion. He sees him off in the distance. He runs to him. He gives him a big hug, a kiss. And he tells everybody, let's have a huge party. And the older son can't understand it. The older son is saying, what is going on? Why would you have a party for this guy? Do you see what's happening? How Jesus is relating it to the Pharisees, to those holy people who are saying, God can't be for them. Look what they did. Look who they are. But he's blowing their mind. He's breaking that. He's saying, you know what? Our father has a heart for his lost children. Our father's heart is a heart of grace. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. It's something you can't earn, something you can't work for. It's something God just gives to us as a gift. God says, you know what? I'm all about grace. And that's what the world can't understand. That's why the Pharisees can't understand this. The older brother can't understand this. Grace doesn't make sense. Grace is not fair. You know, I've heard it said that grace is the last best word. I like that. Grace is the last best word. If you think about it, it's a word, it's an idea that hasn't been polluted. It's amazing. God has a great exchange for us. We give him all of our junk, everything that we've ever done that hurts us, others, thought, said, did wrong. All of our sin in exchange for what? For total love, total forgiveness, total blessing. These three stories keep telling the story of grace, especially the last one, especially the last one. And so the older brother is sulking out there and the father says to him, Son, you've always been with me. Everything that I have is yours. I don't love you any less than I love this son who was gone. But guess what? He was lost. But now he's found. And so there's three points that I think God wants us to kind of get. And we can learn from these stories about who he is. Number one, you can write this in your notes. Fill it in in your bulletin. Number one, God cares that people are lost. If we want to understand the heart of God, we can see God cares about people who are lost. So there's so many people out there. You know, we have, like I go to, I go to McKinley High School um, for the Christian Club on Tuesdays. And um, we have a group of about 20 kids that meets there Tuesdays. Lunch and pizza, games, it's so much fun, right? Why wouldn't you want to come? <laughs> and so as I'm headed to the club, I pass about a thousand kids who, who aren't in the club. And I, you know what? Every time I'm like, I want to just tell these guys, like, it, it, what are you, you're missing out, you know? And sometimes I bring extra food and I'm like passing it out and I'm trying to just woo them there with the donuts, with all this food. And you know what? It, it's just like, come on, I just want you so badly to come. 
But when we're there, we have a great time and everything. And same thing with us at church. I'm like, yeah, I love you know, going to church and you know, it's so much fun and we just get to see each other and have a good time. It's a great day. But there's so many other people out there who I'm like, oh man, I have so many friends. I have so many family members. They could care less about what we're doing today. They don't know because you know why? They don't know that their Heavenly Father loves them, that He cares about them. But if they knew, wouldn't that change their lives? Wouldn't that change it? And so, so many times we have something missing. And I think Chris, Pastor Chris talked about it last week. It's that heart of compassion. So many times we're not quite sure, like, how do we even get it? How do we begin to care? So in my case, a lot of times, I don't care. You know, I'm consumed with my daily life. I'm going on about my day, and I have so many things to do. And so I don't really see people as God sees people. I don't have that heart of compassion. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus was look, overlooking Jerusalem. And he's looking down on the city and all the people. You know, kind of like maybe looking over McKinley High School looking over the city of Honolulu. And the Bible says that Jesus had a heart of compassion for them. And he said, they're like sheep without a shepherd. They don't know who the Father is. And you know, it's that heart of compassion that really drove Jesus. God has such a big heart of compassion and he wants to give us that heart. So that's the first thing we see in God. And God is saying, you know what? Can I break into your heart a little bit? Can I till the ground there so it's a little bit soft, so it's caring about those people who we work with who are kind of grumpy, you know, ah, no thanks, Max, you know, I, I won't, I don't need to come to church Easter service, but, you know, thanks for asking. Is it those people who are in our families who we are so familiar with that we don't necessarily even want to invite? Maybe it's those tons of friends that you had all the way growing up from little kid time that God has put in your life. And they're not going to any church. They don't know the Lord. May God give all of us a heart of compassion that we would begin to have the heart of God that we would care. So that's the first point. Second takeaway point from the stories is God chases after those who are lost. God runs after, chases after, seeks after those who are lost. Remember each of the three parables? you see how God, that element of God chasing after. Right? The first one says, does not the shepherd leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one lost sheep? And the second parable, does not the woman light a lamp, sweep the house, and I like this phrase, the NIV uses, search carefully until she finds it. And the third one, and while the sun was a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion. The first point, right? God's heart was filled with compassion for him. And then it says, he ran to his son. And that was just so scandalous back in the day when Jesus was telling the story of a father who was like a wealthy landowner. He was, a father in those days would not pull up his robes and run to his son. That was totally undignified. But that's what he did. He ran off. But what if the parables went like this? What if the parables said, and the shepherd figured, oh well, it's just one sheep. I got 99 left. Whew. 
Just one, no big deal. And what about the second one? Oh, it's just one coin, right? Oh, it's, it'll probably turn up. It's probably in the cushions of the couch. It'll, I'll find it later, no big deal, right? And what about the third one? Oh, here comes that son of mine again. Coming back home, created a total mess out of his life. Bet he's going to beg to come back to my house now. Right? And so many times, sad to say, my heart is like that. I have that kind of thinking. I'm like one of those Pharisees. I'm like one of those people on the outer circle thinking, These people, why should I care about them? Why does God care about them? I got so much better stuff to do. We're all in that boat. At one time, we're all like that. And it, only for God's grace that He came and He poured out on us all His love, all His acceptance. He had that compassion for us. Somebody did. They had compassion on us. And you know what? They searched us out. Max, I'm coming over to your house. I'm going to bring you to this Christian thing. Oh, man, I would dig those guys out. I wouldn't even show up. Like, it would happen repeatedly. Oh, where were you? Oh, I had something else to do. Sorry. Oh, you said you were going to meet me there. Oh, don't, you know, next time. Max, I'm going to come over and, and we're going to study the Bible, this and that. Oh, man, that's so lame. I got so many other better things to do. But you know what? He didn't stop. He kept coming after me, kept looking for me, kept inviting. He was seeking after. And that's what God does. You know, Jesus, he came from heaven, was born a human being, a little baby, celebrate Christmas. Do you see God's heart, first of all, for us? Do you see how God sought after us? He came all the way to become a little bit, a little baby boy, grew up, lived a perfect life, and they killed him on a cross. He came seeking after us, and God is still seeking after us, and he's seeking after all, all of our people out there, our friends and family who don't know him. Who has God put in your life to seek after? Is there somebody that he is saying, you know what, you can be irritating. At Easter time, you know, uh, after the service was done, I kept going up to people and I'm telling them, hey, have you heard about this? They're new, right? They haven't even come to, our, I've never seen them before. Or the HPU women's basketball team, right? They're all like this. And I'm like, hey, girls, have you heard of this? And they're like, what? And I'm like, you know, it's the Alpha Course. It's the Alpha Course. They're like, Get over, like, this guy is so irritating. I'm like, oh, you should come to it. You know, it's so, going to be so much fun. There's going to be free dinner, da, 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 da. And they're like, oh, okay, thank you. And I'm like, I tell them, just be honest. You know, every time I do the course, I'm so mad at myself because I didn't invite more people. So I just want to let you know I really want you to come. Because you know if they come, God is going to touch them. You know, if people were to come to church, they'd be like, God isn't half bad. In fact, this is pretty amazing stuff. Like, I don't know what was going on in me, right? But the thing is, how do we get them here, right? We got to kind of go out there and seek after people and be willing to be made a fool of, right? And they, they kind of think I'm so irritating. I don't even care, right? Same thing. You can go ahead and irritate some people in your life. Seek after them. Number three, God celebrates when people are found. What is God like? He likes to party. God loves to party. Why in these three things, why is this shepherd, I don't know how shepherds party. Do they have like 
goat milk, sheep milk party. You can ferment that stuff, right? And they're like, woohoo, you know, out there in the middle of nowhere. Having, but they're having a shepherd party because they found it. They have that, I don't want to say old lady. I don't know. Does it say she's older? What does it say? I got to see. No, it just says a woman. But I have a picture of an elderly woman. And she's partying, right? And so the third one's the best. That, that parable is so cool, right? You have the older son. He's like coming in from the field. You know, he has that look. He hears the music from a distance. It's the disco going on, the party, right? He's like, what? Music? What's going on? How come I didn't know about this? He comes up, what's going on? And the other guy says, oh, it's your brother. He's home. You know what? Come on, come inside. What? No way. And the dad, he comes out, right? Son, son. And he has to counsel him, work with him, puts his arm around him. He talks about the importance. You know what? Your son, your brother, yeah, we know he was messed up. You know what? But he's home. Let's go inside and celebrate. Let's party. And so many times we don't know how to do that. We're, we like to party at, you know, we go to a, like a UH game and we're high-fiving everybody. Yeah, this is awesome, stranger. I'm so happy a guy like 3,000 feet away from me ran a ball in and I love football. And we're like almost hugging them. By the time we leave, we're like buddy-buddy with them, right? But when somebody comes to know the Lord... See, in church, we're, the biggest thing that we do is like, oh, yeah. Okay, what's for uh, lunch? <laughs> like, where do you want to go eat? Oh, yeah, that guy received the Lord. Who was it? I don't, I don't know, some dude. <laughs> but why are we, we, there's a disconnect. Do we see that? But God is saying this is a very important part of who I am. Let's celebrate. That's why those baptisms are so much fun. When, when people, when we come out, when they come out of the water, everyone's like, yeah. And it's so cool to see that. They got all this new family together. You know what? And it makes them feel so blessed and so loved. And we're, it's like a big party. And we actually go a party, go eat and hang out. But in our daily lives, are we excited that somebody can come to know the Lord? Are we like, yeah, this is the best thing. Like, this is the reason, my existence, why I'm here this, my friend, finally, I can't believe it, God, it's so amazing. They came to an alpha course, they received the Lord. I am just going to be so happy. I'm going to go buy them a Bible. I'm just going to love on them. You know what, the kids, when they come, when we have a new kid come to the McKinley Christian Club, I am like just trying to make them feel so stoked on being there. High five, yeah, man, oh, cool, what's your name, this and that. We got to learn to celebrate God's heart. God's a partier. God loves to celebrate. Why else would he say it in these three story? Story, boom, story, boom, story, boom. He's trying to drill it into our heads. This is what God is like. He has a heart for the lost. He cares about them. You know what? He's going to chase after. He's going to do whatever it takes. Make a fool of himself. He's going to come from heaven to earth and die on a cross for us. And then the third thing is when somebody does, when they're lost and they become found, he's going to party. He's going to celebrate. God wants us to gain that same heart. But so many times, myself included, we have that heart of the older brother, don't we? We're like, oh man, these people don't deserve it. 
I'm so much like, you know, my so-and-so in my family. I tried to talk to them about Jesus. They already gonged me. I'm not going to, they're done. You know, they're out. Somebody else can get them. Or it's too hard. It's about grace. And that's what I love about this Alpha Course. It's just simple, just loving on people. The grace is there. Say, you know what? The Holy Spirit will change you. I can't change you. But I can invite you. I can go after you. But I can't do that work in your heart. God is going to do that. God is going to do that. So you imagine the picture now as we close. You're, the people standing on the outside, the Pharisees, and then you have the sinners. How do you think those sinners and those tax collectors, those prostitutes, who are just sitting there eating with Jesus, hanging out with him, how do you think they felt? They probably felt so loved, so welcomed. Do you think they got the three stories do they think they understood a little bit about the heart of God? Like, what? God loves that kind of people? Wow, then maybe he can love me. You know, maybe my life is just, in my living, what I'm doing right now, maybe there's a, there's a hope for me. Now, oh, I love this guy, Jesus. He's preaching some good things, some good news. And then there's the other guys who are on the outside, and they're going, what is this fool talking about? This guy is like totally wrong. His theology is all off. God is not like that. He can't be like that. Or do you think there were some of them who were saying, is God really like that? Is he really like that? And it was beginning to penetrate their hearts. So today you might be somebody who is saying, you know what, I came in here with a hard heart. I don't really care much that people are lost. In fact, are people really even lost? Can't just you just live a good life and say, you know what, that's it, that's enough, and then they're going to go to heaven, God's going to take care of them, because he loves all his children. So I don't even think people are lost. Maybe that's you today. Or maybe you just don't care that much about people and their spiritual condition. I am totally there with you. That's me. That's where I'm at. I'm saying, God, I need to care. Help me to begin to really care about my friends, about the people who I see in this world that don't know you. That's why we send out teams to Alaska. That's why we do Japan. That's why we do, where else do we go? Thailand. And why churches do it. That's why we do loving on people here because people are lost without Jesus. Their sin is there. If they were to die, they would not be together with the Father in heaven because heaven's not a place for good people. It's a place for perfect people. People without sin. And Jesus does that. He comes and takes away all our sin. He forgives us all of our sins the very second we, we say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. So do we care? Maybe you're somebody here who's saying, you know what? I'm just tired. I don't want to go chasing after people. I don't want to be made a fool of. I just don't have it in me. If that's you today, just be honest with God and say, God, I need you to begin to help me, to motivate me and shoot me out there. Give me a creative idea, God, that I would be able to really just, something that would really touch and make that person say, ah, think about coming. And not just the Alpha Course. Today's Alpha Sunday, but we're talking about just maybe it's a small group, bringing them to a small group. Maybe it's bringing them to church. Maybe it's just meeting with them one-on-one, -on -one, totally outside of church, and just loving on them, giving them some buying them lunch, just hanging out with them, 
you know, they talk about love is spelled T-I-M-E. Just hanging out with them, seeking after them. May the Holy Spirit give you some really creative ideas today, right? And then may God, maybe there's some people here saying, I'm too tired to celebrate. I don't want to even go there. You know what? Our church, I think what we're going to be doing here in the next few months, God is going to stir up some things. And we'll be really high-fiving people and encouraging other people. Did they come to know the Lord? Oh, yeah. Are they coming to the baptism? Whoa, yeah, let's party. Let's go out and eat ramen if you're Elise and those guys, right? Well, I'll do it. Matt, you guys know all the places. Just tell us all the ramen spots. We'll all go. All right? So why don't we stand up now? We're just going to close with a prayer. And we can't do any of this on our own. That's the, the reality of where we're at. All of us, we're human beings. We have a sinful nature that has tags onto us. We won't let go until we finally pass away. Because you're not a perfect person. And perfect until, God, until you pass away, you look completely like Jesus. But you know what? God sees us totally forgiven. He cleansed us of our sin. And as soon as you say, Jesus, come into my life. I'm sorry, I want to live for you. You know what? You have the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, living within you. And all the things you're saying, ah, this is for somebody else. That's God. How can you expect me to be like that? You know what? Jesus saved us for a reason. He wants to fill us with his Spirit and use us to love on other people. Amen? Amen. So what we're going to do today is just... Hold out your hands like this. And it might be a little bit uncomfortable, and that's what we're talking about. That's okay. Because if we can't do it in church, then where are we going to do it, right? So we just hold out our hands like we're receiving a gift. And remember, grace is a gift, right? God just wants to bless you, give you a gift. And today, this morning, He wants to impart to you more of His Holy Spirit. More of His Holy Spirit. And that we're going to be able to do some of these things, have these creative ideas, love on other people with His power. Amen? Okay, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we just pray this simple prayer to come Holy Spirit. Just tell God in your own words. You might say it out loud. You might say it in your heart. Just say those three words. Come Holy Spirit. Just wait on the Lord now. He's going to be filling you. The Bible says as soon as you pray, every time you pray, Come Holy Spirit, come fill me, God, with your spirit. I need more of you. I need your power. I need your strength. I need your love. He does it 100% of the time. Come Holy Spirit. So Jesus, we just say thank you for what you've done for us. Lord, you love us so much. You had so much compassion for us in our lostness and just messing up and don't know how to do life. God, we were just completely like that prodigal son, that lost son, out living the wrong ways, Lord. But because you loved us, you cared about us so much, Lord, you sent Jesus. You sent him to earth. He grew up, taught us how to live, lived that perfect life. Loved on people, broke that stereotype, that paradigm we had of God being a certain way. 
And he said, this is the heart of God. He has a heart of grace. He doesn't give us what he de- we deserve, but he gives us what we don't deserve. He blesses us and he loves us. And when he sees us, he runs to us. And he puts that robe on us and he hugs and he kisses us. And he says, son, daughter, you're home. We thank you. If there's anybody here this morning that doesn't know the Father, hasn't said yes to Jesus, just pray this prayer in my heart. Just go ahead and just pray. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. I'm sorry for the way that I've lived. I want to live for you. I receive your total forgiveness for everything that I've done. Even though I don't deserve it, I know I believe, Lord, you died for all that sin and I receive your total forgiveness. Please come and fill me with your spirit that I would be able to be someone who could have a relationship with you, a friendship with God through Jesus Christ. And there's people here that just are maybe like a... The older son and saying, God, please do something with my heart this morning. Please, God. I can't do it myself. I realize that. That's why I have my hands up and I'm saying, God, change my heart. And God, I need that this morning too. I just pray, God, you would see us, Lord, that you would see our hearts and that you would begin to fill us and impart us, Lord, with everything that we need that would be the same moldable, loving heart of Jesus Christ for sinners, for those who are lost, who have lost their way, home to the Father. Help us to guide them back. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.